0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Harsh Ed Podcast. I'm on your co host, Jared. Down below here, we have the one and only South Jersey, Jason. How are we doing today, sir? Doing good. We're actually recording on Hope Day. I know. It's Wednesday. <laughs> Getting the shit out of the way before the Queen's birthday. What are your plans? I know we're going to go to Mexico and Atlantic City. It's one of our favorite
1: spots. Mexico? I never heard of that. Uh, it's. it's, it's not not a tourist attraction it's mainly Where's for the, locals is that like an outside of casino thing yeah
0: yeah it's uh it's right down the street from where i grew up it's on trenton okay. avenue
1: trenton and ventnor and it looks like you're just walking into someone's basement oh you know what you did tell me about that i believe in one of our past conversations the only place that i'm familiar with something like that is fiesta mexicana Nope, this is so much better. (laughs) Nice, all right, well enjoy, have a Corona and some nachos. (laughs) Yeah, I I usually do the carne asada there. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh yeah, can't go wrong with that. I got a weekend of being a bachelor, Irene's going to a girlfriend's house this weekend. Oh, look at that. But I'm probably going to be doing some yard work. You sucker, she's going out, don't (laughs) do yard work. Well, I know, but it's uh, going to be nice this weekend, and... I gotta get want to get an early start on laying the mulch down and or not mulch, uh, the wood chips and all that good stuff. Even though I never met him, thank you, Luke, for doing all that shit for me. <laughs> so. All right. So before we get started, uh, I know last week we I think last week or week before we talked about Rick Paulton has a new podcast out called The Whole Damn Enchilada. And I caught up when I was at NJ Harkon this weekend driving down. And he's got a good guest host and in Ryan Inman. And their most recent two episodes that they did was they ranked their the Friday the thirteenth Final Girls. Okay which is a good one and then they they did their favorite jasons they ranked their favorite jasons so i have to say that both of their top their their top jason and final girl would, would have been my choice as well so i don't want to spoil it so if you want to give them a listen no i will because i still have two massive trips in front of me this week so
0: i know you're all over the place this week I you know i gotta listen to ours i gotta listen to the haunt then i gotta listen to uh um, and then the Kelsey brothers just put out one tonight, so I'll be listening to that in the morning. Okay, very But Rick, nice. I will catch up, I promise.
1: Yeah, they're the, he's a good guy. He, uh, he, I know he has mentioned uh, our podcast on his show. He mentioned my other podcast, The Third Channel. So, you know, that's what it's about, you know, uh, networking and yep. spreading the love. It's
0: all about spreading the love. I do yeah. have an announcement on the other side. Oh, what do you got? I'm an official member of... The Haunted Attraction Association.
1: Oh, I can't see it. It's like off to the right. Oh, well, here's it. your camera. <laughs> Look at that! Look
0: at that!
1: All right. Very are you proud. gonna put? Are you gonna like put that on your business cards eventually too? Like it's on the website
0: already, so okay. I probably will add it to the. Uh, nice. I, I'm due. I'm like. These are three years old, so I think I'm due for new haunt business cards. There you go. And I awesome. think I'm gonna put it up. Right about in between the coffin and that wall. So okay. It'll be there you insane. go.
1: Very good. Very good. Uh, uh, have you watched anything? Did I watch? No. You know, I did not watch anything because I had. Uh, I was in the weekend in Atlantic City. Uh, I haven't. No, I have not watched anything. I'm two weeks behind on the Mandalorian. So two good uh, episodes. too. good. 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 What about you?
0: I watched Sins of Our Mother last night and it okay. blew me the fuck away
1: oh you know what? i'm sorry i did watch the waco i did watch waco fantastic wasn't it very very good yeah very good i kind of wished the only thing i wish is that they just had like where are they now like more with the the waco survivors you know i know they had like two um but i remember like maybe a couple years after waco there was a child survivor who went before congress and at this time she was probably like 17 or 18 and um you know i forget what she was talking about but i would like to know like how are the children today uh i'm pretty sure they're fucked up that one girl on there was definitely oh god i mean it's it's sad because i remember watching the limited series that originally came on paramount but i think another streaming service picked it up and they were playing it like last week uh it had the girl from ozark in it Ruth. oh that was original on netflix oh was it netflix? yeah it dropped on oh.
0: netflix because oh, it had okay. uh my boy tim riggins from friday night lights as david koresh
1: yeah he was really good he, he was, was really, yeah. i was not expecting that out of him but i have and a- it had um rory Calkin as Thibodeau, yep. i believe yep yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a great series. Yeah. And I was just surprised it was only three episodes. But they I mean the limited series was really good, but the documentary, I wish it was more. Yeah. yeah. But there's shit they gotta leave out because you know it was a really fucked up situation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So how was the uh what was the name of the show you watched? Sins of Our Mother. And that it's about the mom whose children disappeared and her and her husband were doomsday preppers or something. I'm right. not saying shit. You're just going to have to okay. watch it. How many episodes is it? Three. Oh, okay. I could probably watch it all tonight then.
0: Yeah, and it grips you like that too. I went to like bed The, the Waco list. one
1: did. Yeah,
0: yeah. same principle because you just can't believe how fucked up people are. Right.
1: And right. She's fucked up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. So before we get into the news, <laughs> uh, actually, we'll, we'll do the news first um, and then we'll talk about NJ Harakon and then we'll talk about one of your favorites, uh Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. <laughs> yeah, man. And <laughs> we are just hmm? you either love this movie or you fucking hate it.
0: There's really you know, no in between.
1: <laughs> it was the first Friday, or I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I saw in theaters, and I thought it was cool for the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and but then it's so campy and none it, of the nightmares,
0: none of the nightmares aged well because yeah. they were definitely set like when it was eighty five, you knew it was eighty five. Yeah. When it was, you know, early, I think ninety two,
1: it was, it was ninety two. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All right, so let's get into the news. So again, I get all my news off of Bloody Disgusting. Thank you, Bloody Disgusting. You guys do a hell of a job. Yes. So I like a good haunted house movie. I know you do. So we have one coming out called Lore. L U R E. C- Corin Hardy is directing this horror movie based on Mississippi's most haunted location. Have you heard of this location when I sent you the notes? No. Okay. So, Corin Hardy, who uh, directed The Nun, uh, has set up his next project. Are you on ha-
0: the old note?
1: Am I? Yes, you are. are you sh- oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh Technical difficulties. <laughs> Hold on. What the... Hey, guys,
0: sorry for the cough, but I'm coming over a head cold.
1: Oh, man. Okay, so disregard that. Um, Why did I download the wrong notes? Yours uh, new
0: one starts with Crystal Lake.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Okay, hold on. Up oh, there we go. Because I was like, we just talked about this shit. What yes. are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Let me make sure I got the right one. All right. Okay, there we go. Just give me a second to scream. Okay, so let's uh, redo that. Bye, man. You need that. Uh, please stand by. All right. Okay, so Crystal Lake, uh, as we all know, A24, Michael or Brian Fuller, and Peacock are bringing us a TV series. While well, I was hoping we would get it towards the end of this year for Friday the 13th, Beggars Can't Be Choosers. It's going to come out. Uh, the 24th, I'm um, yeah, 2024. And if they play it right, I believe the Friday the 13th in 2024 is in December. So either put it out for the fall or give me an early Christmas present. So the Friday 13th franchise is getting set to return to the screen with Crystal Lake, and upcoming prequel television series from A24, Peacock, and Brian Fuller that's miraculously able to use any and all existing elements from the franchise. As we recently learned, original Friday final girl, Adrienne King, will have a reoccurring, okay, reoccurring role in the series, and King has shared two updates via social media in recent days. In one post to Twitter, King shares a behind-the-scenes photo from her first writer's meeting while a post to Instagram suggests that the series is aiming for a 2024 premiere. King writes on IG, Happy Friday, campers! Brian Fuller, our bloody brilliant head counselor, producer of Crystal Lake, the upcoming series, and I had another exciting meeting filling me in on what's in store for us at Camp Blood. Always a joy and can't wait until I'm able to share some details. King's Instagram post includes the hashtag coming2024. Check out the two updates... Well, you we can't check out the two upstate below because I just copy and pasted. Um, Peacock has given the project a straight-to-series order with Crystal Lake being described as an expanded prequel to the original Friday 13th franchise. Variety had detailed the show will be written by Brian Fuller, who is also the showrunner, and an executive producer, Victor Miller, who penned the original film in the franchise, will also executive produce, along with Mark Toveroff from Barrisman and A24, Kevin Williamson uh, from Scream. I know what I think he did. I know what you did. Last, no, did he do I Know Last Summer? I forget. Um, Dawson's Creek. And I believe he did. He also penned the original script for H2O. We'll be writing an episode. So I'm going to just go out and I've been saying this for a while now. She's got to be the story's narrator. There's no way she's coming back as Alice. Because as we all know, Alice died in the second one. But if she's returning as Alice, my thoughts is between the original and part two, she does go back to Crystal Lake, because her therapist said you have to face your fears. So maybe she did some research on Mrs. Voorhees, and this is her narrating each episode. She can do a narration in the beginning and a narration at the end. That's what I'm thinking. We'll see. Because... (sighs) You can't, I mean, they're not, they can't recon. Unfortunately, they can't recon because of the lawsuit and who owns what. So, yeah. All right. So, I know you used to watch The Walking Dead, right? No, nope, I haven't watched it yet. Because <laughs> you want to watch them all, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So, this is, we got the. Third spin-off, one of the future spin-offs coming. The Walking Dead, Dead City, brings the franchise to the Big Apple on June 18th. In the wake of the Scream franchise heading into New York City, The Walking Dead now takes a bite out of the Big Apple and spinoff series. The Walking Dead, Dead City, AMC has revealed that Dead City will premiere on June 18th at 10 p.m. on AMC and AMC Plus. Subsequent episodes of the late, latest spinoff series will air Sundays at 9 p.m. Dead City is centered on Negan, which I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan, but I just love him as an actor in general. And Maggie, who uh played by Lauren Cohen, two characters who have long been at odds with one another in the main show's most shocking moment, Negan uh, of course, brute oh, I kind of want to tell you that because you haven't seen it. All right, <laughs> uh, you I saw the videos because oh, okay. when that
0: happened, it was hard to
1: not see. Yeah. Um I like the redemption of Negan and like they're, they're it's they're in a love hate relationship. Um, so I like to see how they're going to work, work together. So um, this is going to take two years after the events of the main series. It's only going to be six episodes, uh, which come on. Give me at least 10.
0: No, because here's the deal. Everyone's tired of this shit, so they're just testing this out. They're yeah. going to see what they get. If they don't, they
1: save money. If they do, hey, here's the rest of the season. Right, right. All right, so we're in a world of remakes. So I guess Hollywood is having trouble finding what movies to remake. So they are diving deep into the universal vault and of all movies. They're remaking the mole people, which I have never seen, but I've heard of the movie. Um, So they're headed back into an unknown empire of darkness with a new take on the mole people. Deadline reports the new movie will remake the classic film from 1956. Chris Winterbauer is writing the script based on a pitch that Universal Pictures acquired from Winterbauer with Robert Kirkman producing a remake. I can get behind that because I do like Robert Kirkman. In the new take, a woman travels to a town viled in a conspiracy to rescue her grandchildren from their father. To do this, she must fight through hell in the underground tunnels where the mole people reside. In the 1956 original, archaeologists stumble into the underground lair of a race of darkness dwellers who can see in low light and have no pigmentation after being out of light for so long. The high priest who rules a small pocket of mole people is threatened by the newcomers and wants them dead. All right, This one, I... vaguely remember hearing about george did you know that george romero wanted to make a uh, resident evil movie i did yeah did you um happen to see the trailer on youtube for this documentary no not yet it's really cool um it uses the intro of the original resident evil movie like the the live video remember that yep and i was reading the comments and someone's like oh man this was like a sucky fan film well i guess you never played the original playstation and you didn't know what this was they didn't because you know? they're 22 and don't know shit yeah yeah i mean that's what sucked me into playing the game was that opening intro so we have a uh george romero's resident evil documentary is coming out uh so those of you want waiting on a Date on director Brandon Salisbury upcoming George Romero's Resident Evil documentary since it was announced way back in September are in for a treat. Courtesy of the folks over at Resident Residence of Evil. The documentary on the what if of George Romero's Resident Evil film now has a teaser trailer and aims to immerse the audience in a cinematic horror aesthetic. Salisbury stated that he wanted to pay homage to Romero's style and the game itself with the documentary, which is listed as coming soon. As a result, the documentary takes place in a mansion that echoes the local Resident Evil Spencer mansion and is shot to mimic Romero's style. Mixed with clips from Romero's classic Night of the Living Dead and Capcom's survival horror classic, the teaser also features voice clips from newly filmed interviews of the personalities involved in Romero's film. The final documentary will also include archive footage and unearthed documents in regards to the Never Realized Project. And like the final documentary, the teaser for George A. Romero's Resident Evil sees a viewer heading into the Spencer Mansion with members of *Stars*, finding notebooks and newspaper clippings that give an overview of the events leading up to Romero's involvement with the film and ultimately leaving the project. Topped off by the iconic voice of Ward E. Sexton announcing the name of the documentary in classic Resident Evil style, this teaser is definitely for the fans. So that's all we got for news, and I will definitely take that. Because I can imagine... What if we did? We got a George Romero Resident Evil. I think it that would have been, been a lot good. better than what we got. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a terrible movie, but it didn't. It didn't have the scares that the fucking game had. No, and the fact that you didn't have any characters from the the games in it. Right, they got later introduced. Like, Part Two was just so campy, so campy. That's when they first introduced the Nemesis. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and. Uh, jill valentine and you know little by little we would get claire and um what was claire's brother's name i don't remember it's been Uh, years yeah speaking of resident we're
0: probably about to say the same thing you can go uh resident evil 4 just came out the remake
1: yeah and uh our friend pete ward already beat it he says it's like the best remake ever for resident evil because they they didn't just remake it they reimagined it i was told yeah yep Yep, I still haven't even played the, the previous one. I have it on my list. Um, I, got, I don't know what Resident Evil you would call it, but it had like the big woman in it or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, everyone fell in love with. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, also, I a friend of mine reached out to me, uh, Jason West, who was the director of his name was Jason Fangoria, reached out to him and wanted to interview him for an article. and I had asked him uh does it have something to do with like in the wake of the lawsuit with all the fan films coming out or that had come out he said yes yeah. so it was about a 90 minute conversation wow. so yeah be on the lookout for that in the upcoming months uh kudos to jason he actually asked to be on the show uh he went to the savini or he went to the um george romero film school so okay. he's got some he's got some great stories of meeting george romero Uh, He's been to Tom Savini's house. He's got great stories of that. So it'd be fun to, you know, have him on the show. He was also, I think he was, he was, he worked on 13 Fanboy, which was directed by Deborah Voorhees about the guy who is a fanatic with the Friday 13th movies and starts killing the cast members. I think he was in the lighting department on that, but he can share, definitely share some great stories of uh, his, his days on the set there. Um, all right, so I went to NJ Harcon last weekend. NJ Harcon. And I have to say, um, the showboat did a great job in remodeling the that part of the floor. So if you're familiar to Showboat, uh, if you come in through the valet entrance and you hang a right, so you don't get to the check-in for a hotel you just hang a right you go down that corridor which would eventually lead you to the elevators that take you to the garage yep they redid all of that wow so it smells new you got the hallway and then you have the venue space itself so my hats off to ryan scott weber for always putting on a great show his staff are great, the volunteers are great, and the talent is always as great. I do have one critique. Critique, Okay. So, you had the hallway, which eventually will lead to the um, pro photos. So, the pro photos had their own section. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, unlike some other horror conventions. Um, but he had the, he had the majority of the talent in the hallway. Now, it wasn't so crowded where you couldn't walk down the hallway but in the venue room itself i mean it's the first time i'm sure you know you you take notes for future he could have fit all of the talent in the main room itself okay uh the vendors i only saw one tumblr vendor (laughs) he's slacking on the tumblers (laughs) um but i you know i did see a lot of my friends like Chris Rowan from Buffalo Bill's house and some other vendors that I've known from doing shows and whatnot. Um They had the Q and a panel on the one end, but the acoustic, the acoustics were a little bad. So uh, some of the people said it was hard to hear the talent when they were on um stage. So maybe they can figure something out. Uh So, you know, they had a nice group of vendors. Uh, they had some talent in the that room itself. But yeah, there was no reason why all the talent couldn't, couldn't be in there. If anything, I would have put the main attractions in there. And maybe like the lesser known, not as popular on the hallway, if you will. Um, they had a food area, which is kind of cool. little pricey, but you're in a casino. But it was nice that, hey, if you want nachos, there's nachos right here. Uh, I don't know if there was beer, but there was water and soda. So that was a cool thing to have. Um, But overall, it was a good experience. It wasn't really busy, but there was a storm that came in through the weekend. So I'm going to say that played a small part into it. Uh, My friend Catherine got her pro Photoshop with uh, um, her pro Photoshop, her pro photo picture with um, Miko Hughes, Gage in Pet Cemetery, and you know I had a good idea. He should get a replica of the outfit he was buried in, and a scalpel. Yeah, you know Daniel Harris wears her clown costume. Yeah,
0: Daniel Harris wears whatever all that says she's all about
1: it. Um so when I went when I took her down to the photo uh, area Caroline Williams who played Stretch in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 she was doing her photo ops and she saw my axe and she's like hey can I borrow that so she took a couple pictures holding my axe which was really cool That's awesome Yeah um so I met Judy Aranison who was in Friday the 13th the final chapter she also played Wyatt's soon to be girlfriend in Weird Science Yep Okay, um, and then she was also Chris Pine's babysitter, Chris Pine of uh, Star Trek. So, which was which was uh, a little tidbit she had put out like on social media. But um, yeah, they uh, the talent was great. Uh, Mika Hughes said hi to me. Richard Tyson, the bully from Three O'clock High, Buddy Revel came up to me because I just had my hood on. So you can see my face. And, you know, of course, I had the ax mark. He's like, he was like, hey, you might want to take an aspirin for that. Dun 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 I was like, <laughs> man, Buddy Bell talk to me. I wanted to do the line from three o'clock high when he goes three o'clock, you and me in the parking lot. You go to a teacher, it'll make things worse. You you uh, You run away, I'll find you. You go home, I'll be under your bed of course he was the bad guy in kindergarten cop oh yeah as well yeah um but yeah so i got to see your favorite youtubers as well (laughs) did you get
0: a signed wedding portrait because that's uh, not fucking
1: creepy (laughs) i did not uh you know my friends did my friends get an autograph they did but i don't know what picture they chose um let me see who else was there. Mika Hughes, uh, Alex Vincent from Chucky. Um, Christine, at least I think her name is from, she plays uh, his foster sister in part two. Um, and some other people. I mean, I'm having a brain fart, but as always, NJ Harkon knocks it out of the park. Their next event is April. It's the weekend after... Easter they're doing their horror sideshow market it's a little on the the quiet side but it's going to be in Edison back where they originally started Uh, so that's only an hour from me so I'm going to go up to that Jenna Banco from Pride 13th Part 7 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 will be there so I'm going to get a photo with her and then they'll be back there in August for NJ Harkon so far they announced the main cast members from Bright Night okay yeah minus chris sarandon uh he does it's he's kind of rare on the thing but you have the boyfriend the girlfriend and like the boyfriend's weird friend evil evil ed so but yeah so nj harkon ryan scott weber great promoter Follow him on facebook instagram he's a he's a great guy all around great guy awesome sounds like you had a good time yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll hear a story. I don't think I did. I tell you this. Uh I go outside the, at one o'clock in the morning and there's like five or six officers coming out on the elevator. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and he's like, the one officer goes, uh, did we got a call for a noise complaint. Did you hear anything? I said, well, I heard a guy yelling on the phone like 45 minutes ago, but that was it. He's like, all right, thank you. Then I go downstairs and there's three more officers in the lobby And then I wake up and then there's a guy outside. They eventually take him somewhere, but he wasn't in cuffs. Uh, I think they were transporting him to another motel or I don't know. I get up in the morning, go outside. There's two officers like standing guard down the alley or the hallway from me. I'm at a days in. It's a one step up from a no tell motel, you know. And Abseekin. Well, come to find out, they were doing drug busts at all like the hotels on Whitehorse Bike that weekend. Uh. So I'm assuming that's what it was. But overall, I paid 50 bucks. I you know, I just needed a place to sleep. It got good ratings, and there was nothing like no stains that I saw. So (laughs) sometimes you just gotta throw the bookcase against the door at some of the fucking places I've stayed in, I've done it. Alrighty, so we are gonna talk about again. We're gonna we're deep in diving into the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. We're almost done. We got two more yeah. after this. Two more. Do we have to oh yeah, New Nightmare and my man? Yeah, what's F- that? Freddy vs. Chase. Oh, that's right. We are gonna talk about yeah, that. We have yeah. to. It's the yeah. last one. It'll be fine. Yeah.
0: We also yeah. have that interesting true crime we're gonna look at, but we're not giving to that away yet.
1: Oh, yes, yes. I was thinking of true crime. I was actually trying to find the murder that happened in Hamilton back in the 70s with the butcher and his wife. I couldn't find it, but I found a pretty cool article about like 21 murders, like kind of like famous murders that happened in New Jersey. So I think that would be a good topic. That's a good topic. Um, And a couple of them could be topics of their own, too. Like the Charles Lindbergh baby kidnapping. That's a good one. So, alright, so let's let's get into this. Let's jump into this. Let's
0: see what's working here. Alright, let me press my little button here. We're gonna play the trailer first. So uh let me And here's the trailer for Freddy's Dead. As a boy, he was always different. <laughs>
1: No one understood him. You ready for it, boy? It's time to take your medicine. Thank you, sir. No
0: one could control him.
1: Go inside, honey.
0: But now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an elm street. (laughs) <laughs> I'm screaming while the bus is in motion! It's your mind will go for. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too! We're gonna have to hit him with
1: everything we've got.
0: Now I'm playing with power!
1: We're in Twin Peaks here. Ah! (gasps) It's gotta be me
0: and him. You wanna (laughs) live? Maggie, watch out! What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Great graphics. They saved the best for last. Did they save the best for last? No. Um, No. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, you're either a fan of this movie or you can't stand it. Right. Um, Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare is a 1991 American slasher film directed by Rachel Talalay from a screenplay by Michael DeLuca Freddy's Dead The Final Nightmare stars Lisa Zane you don't who, like her? she's Maggie right?
1: yeah, yeah she's yeah.
0: terrible Yafet Kodo who I don't know how they talked him into being in this movie <laughs> Breckin Myers first uh movie. The guy yeah. that never ages. <laughs> yeah. You'll know him from movies Clueless. like Clueless, Road Trip. Road Trip, yeah. Yeah. Sean Greenblatt, Ricky Dean Logan, Leslie
1: Dean, Toby
0: Sexton, and Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Now who
1: was oh, Ricky Dean Logan was in Back to the Future part two? Then we had this conversation, yep. you and me. He's yeah. the uh he was one of the thugs. Yeah, uh Griff's thugs, yeah. Yeah, Griff. Yeah. <laughs> Toby Sexton. I wonder if that's relation to uh, John Sexton. Oh uh, Sexton, never yeah, mind. Yeah, different dude. Yeah. Sean Greenblatt. I wonder if that's um the kid who thought he was the uh the, the, the offspring of Freddie. That's him maybe. He look looks so familiar and I haven't looked him up on IMDb. I don't think he did. did much. Oh no. Nah. Okay. Additionally, several
0: well known actors make cameo appearances, including mm-hmm. Johnny Depp roseanne barr tom arnold and alice cooper iggy pop sings the title song which plays during the end credits over a montage of scenes from the previous and i do like that montage me too i was gonna bring that up at the end it it's awesome yeah the way they cut everything together it Mm -hmm. made you want to watch them all over again
1: yeah exactly
0: freddy's dead the final nightmare was released on september 13th 1991 and grossed 34.9 million in the us on a budget of 9 to 11 million mm-hmm. surpassing its predecessors gross it was panned by critics upon release all right so the plot it just says set 10 years from now <laughs> freddy krueger has returned and killed nearly every child and teenager in the town of springwood ohio the only surviving teenager, John Doe, is confronted by Freddy in a dream on a plane. Which I fucking hate that scene now. Why right, um, the old lady's like, "Don't be a pussy." Well, <laughs> I I gotta fly a lot, so I don't I don't uh, anything okay. having to do with that shit. I gotta gotcha. turn off.
1: So I guess you don't like the uh, Twilight Zone. No man, Westwell. I turn
0: all that shit off. <laughs> My buddy sends me fucking landings all the time. I'm going to kill no, you. Geez, I'm not watching great. this shit. I'm freaked out enough up there. So. Pretty cool scene. I mean, he's sucked into the. He's in the house. He's in the plane. Back in the house. Freddy starts the house on fire, and he starts rolling down a hill. Like I'm yeah. not. That's the credit opening is him rolling down a fucking mm-hmm. hill. Cool. And the first intro to the Goo Goo Dolls, which was actually a
1: huge part of this soundtrack before they made it big. Right. They well, they did the wasn't it. Um... When Freddy's Dead, that was them singing, right? Was that them? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're in the opening credits, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a few songs on the soundtrack, actually. Okay. Speaking of that, have you seen the lead singer yet of Goo Goo Dolls? No. Type in, like, after we're done, like, I forget his name, but lead singer Goo Goo Dolls. He is, like, plastic surgery gone wild. Oh, god. Yeah. Why do they do that shit?
0: Mm. Like, you, you're a rocker. You don't even have to look good. Like, yeah. like a fucking Tyler Perry. Or a, the Tyler Perry. What the fuck's his name? <laughs> Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. <laughs> Whatever. It was fucking 30 years ago. I mean, that guy looked like a fucking ankle, but yet he did mm. all right. So then, uh, you know, he hits his head, the amnesia, and Freddie sends him to go fetch. Is that the bus scene? Yes. Or we didn't get there yet? Okay. No, that that no. was pretty cool. I it liked... was cool. That was all yeah. racked up. And then you had yep. Robert. Robert Shea was the ticket master. Yeah, yeah. And then Freddy's yelling at him. Don't live while the bus is in motion. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, it was a cool scene. Because it was all disoriented. Mm-hmm. And then it's black. And then it's light in where he's heading. So he yeah. was able to shut that. Pretty cool. John wakes up just outside the Springwood City limits, but due to a head injury, does not remember who he is or why he is there and That was annoying for that movie at the shelter at a shelter for troubled youth. Three of the residents, Spencer, an affluent stoner who was resting his dad's attempts to get him to conform, play football, be like me. <laughs> Carlos, a troubled kid who was physically abused by his mom to the point of becoming deaf in one ear and Tracy, a tough girl who was sexually abused by her father, plot to run away to California. The police find John and take him to the shelter where he becomes a patient of Dr. Maggie Burroughs. And that's where this movie takes a dive. <laughs> Maggie notices a newspaper clipping from Springwood in John's pocket To attempt to cure John's amnesia, she plans a road trip to Springwood. In an attempt to run away, Tracy, Carlos, and Spencer stow away in the van. But they are discovered when John has a hallucination and almost wrecks the van just outside of Springwood. Pretty cool scene Why he's in the shelter is he's walking up fake stairs, and then he accidentally pushes a cop out a window. Mm-hmm, but it was mm-hmm. only like a floor, so he's like, "Yeah, what? yeah, man, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and Yafakoto's in a couple scenes here, and we needed more of him and less of Maggie because her dad yeah. If what do you mean the dreams are here? Like Blake, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah,
0: Billy, yeah. come get your sister because she sucks.
1: Well, I guess you know, like you know, they're on a limited budget and only can give them limited scenes, you know. Not that he, I mean, I could see him making, like, a million dollars, maybe. Yeah. yeah no. All right. So, but they're
0: discovered when John has a, yep. Tracy Spencer and Carlos attempt to leave Springwood, but not before stopping to rest. And this
1: is the scene where Carlos, like, opens the... He's trying
0: to... It was in between here. They keep doing circles, and they keep bringing them back to the statue that I think says, Children are our future. Yeah, yeah. Wrong town to have that for. But uh, he's opening that map. The map's going all over, and uh, the map says, You're
1: fucked so and, the, yeah <laughs> the maps that were full and if kids you don't know what a map is it was something that we used back in the 90s before gps and while it was a great tool it was a bitch to fold back up
0: <laughs> it was
1: and then if you didn't know
0: how to use a compass it was kind of a pain in the ass too yeah uh, maybe some
1: of our fans had MapQuest, so they know a right. little bit about it so now is this before now uh, Maggie and John they go to a carnival. Same so. time. So
0: this is bef- the carnival's before this. Okay. So they stop at a carnival to find a phone to try and call the shelter. So this is where we run into Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold saying, "You know they bring him." Because <laughs> Roseanne yeah. wants to like
1: adopt him and bring And him it home. was
0: creepy seeing a carnival with no kids.
1: Yeah. And like
0: the clowns sitting there just smoking, yes. eating. <laughs> the bumper car, it's an old guy doing circles. Yeah. And then everyone's freaked out when they see kids because they know kids bring Freddy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is when uh, John and Maggie head over to the high school with a really cool scene where Freddy's the whole history lesson. Like yes. 1492, Columbus yeah. discovers here. Here is where they took his child. That's when they found yeah. out Freddie had a child. And and Maggie's like, well, maybe it's not you. It could mean anything from Kate to Kyle.
1: Yeah, she
0: killed this fucking movie, man.
1: And you know, this is where the it was so confusing because I'm like, how can this kid be Freddie's offspring? He's like you know, 18 or however old he's supposed to be. Right.
0: Well, there's reasons behind that that we'll get into it in a little bit. All right. So after the carnival, they split up Tracy Spencer, and Carlos attempt to leave Springfield, but not before stopping to rest Springfield,
1: at- Springwood, we're not Springwood. Okay. Calm down.
0: <laughs> rest at abandoned 1428 Elm street. John and Maggie visit the Springwood Orphanage and discover that Freddie had a child. They found that out at the high school. John believes he he is the child because Freddie allowed him to live. But he let me live! Back on Elm Street, Carlos and Spencer fall asleep and are killed by Freddy. Carlos is killed with with needles. Cool scene, though! Well, before that, let's talk about the Q-tip. Ah, where he's jamming the Q-tip oh, in his ear.
1: Yes, because at first it's his mom. Yeah, his mom's coming at yeah. him with a
0: very long Q-tip. And then it turns into Freddy, and you watch Freddy take the Q-tip, jam it right through his ear, and his yeah. hearing aid pops out. So Freddy magically changes hearing aid, drops it down to Carlos, throws it in his ear, and it turns into like this giant amplifier. So yeah. then Freddy pulls a pit out of his glove, out of his finger and drops it, and you hear it very loud in yeah. the theater. That pin drop. It's like, <whistles> uh huh, <through. whistles> <laughs> like old nineteen forty bomb drops. Is what right, you right? Yeah. So then, Freddie's sitting but he, there, but he was like, oh. <laughs> 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 and then Freddie is shaking a whole handful, and Carlos's like, yeah. no, man, you won't do that, man. <laughs> And he drops it all over the place But then the final kill comes with a chalkboard yeah, How they made that chalkboard was pretty cool Because he was able to expand it out here yeah. Expand it this way And take his glove and fucking destroy Carlos So uh, it was nice hearing from you, Carlos And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spencer Did they talk about Spencer? Yep, already. and they just say Spencer fell asleep Spencer turns into a video game not before the whole screen changes during.
1: Anagoda Devita. Oh yeah, because um, what came in? Well, no, it wasn't a worm. That was Freddy versus Jason. Oh, well, he's just he's on the he's on the couch getting high, right? And on the
0: TV, it's Johnny Depp. That's and right. And then yeah. Freddy comes up and smashes Johnny Depp with a pan and he goes because he's like. This is your brain on drugs. And then Spencer's like, whatever. And then, bam, that's your brain on pain. Hey, man, (laughs) let's get high. And then all the psychedelic shit happens. And then it transforms him into a video game. And so Mm. that's how. And Freddy's controlling him with the power glove.
1: Now, have you ever seen a cosplayer with the Freddy power glove? I've
0: seen a power glove. The guy okay. who makes my glove makes mm-hmm. an electric one, so all the buttons light up and everything. Oh, uh,
1: that's cool. He charges like a hundred more for that one. So what what would the price range for that be? Probably
0: three hundred. That's
1: not bad. Oh, that
0: was a while ago. I haven't checked recently. Because yeah. when I bought mine he charged me two hundred. So okay. that it was three hundred for that one. And it was like two fifty for the Freddy vs. Jason glove because it's fucking huge.
1: Yeah, that thing was big. Yeah.
0: So Yeah. So then we got Tracy tries to intervene when Carlos is swinging around like he's in the main game. But it was cool how they made him do that in real life as he's punching Uh, holes in walls. And uh, and he's like, You call that normal? But what's he fall into? Another vagina. (laughs) All of them. I'm telling you, there's a vagina. So Carlos is dead. Uh, Tracy's confused by who the fuck that guy was. The idiot amnesiac is trying to explain it, and then you got fucking Maggie.
1: Well, doesn't isn't this where like she goes in to try to save Spencer, and he like knocks her out, and then it's like, "Come on, give Daddy some sugar."
0: Now that's later. Oh, okay. Her, gotcha. her dreams later.
1: Well, who well, is that? That's where she goes through the table, right?
0: Yeah, this is where she goes through the table. Um, okay.
1: She's saying, uh, I know. I'm thinking of like, she he was like, You gotta hit me, and she's like, I'm not gonna hit you, but then he's like, Come on, and he touches her, doesn't yeah, and then she yeah. lays
0: him out so he's asleep, yeah. and she was able yeah. to meditate. Doc showed me an easy way, <laughs> all right. So Carlos and Spencer fall asleep and are killed by Freddie. Tracy is almost killed, but is awakened by Maggie. John, who went into the dream world with Tracy to try and help Spencer, is still asleep. Maggie and Tracy take John back to the shelter. On their way back, Kruger attacks John in his dream. Okay scene, John's lifted up through the van, like just boom, his whole body goes out, and then he's in a parachute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his shirt That's turns Freddy's... into a parachute, yeah. and Freddy's cutting the little lines that go, yeah. Do you think I'm your daddy? <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> and then the scene that everyone hates where he's pushing the... Yeah, he's card like, out. Yeah, oh.
1: <laughs> so corny. I know. Uh, before killing, but at, least, but at least when he fell on the spikes, he didn't pull Kincaid and woke up with nothing. They yeah, I mean like
0: that should punctured through. Yeah, before killing John Kruger reveals that his child is a girl. As John dies, he tells this to Maggie. Tracy and Maggie return to the shelter, but they find no one remembers John, Spain, or or Carlos, except for Doc, who has learned to control his dreams. So apparently, why don't they remember? Because apparently, Freddie can wipe out their memory and their dreams. You refer to CIA. Apparently, (laughs) hey, easy. I've seen shit get deleted when people mention that shit on here. (laughs) Maggie finds her adoption papers and realizes that she is Freddie's daughter. Her birth name was Catherine Kruger, but her name was changed to Maggie Burroughs when her father was arrested and subsequently murdered.
1: But yeah, and wasn't this... They had already gone to the orphanage, or is this after... This is after the orphanage. Okay, gotcha.
0: Okay, But we do miss the scene where you finally see... Freddy, without makeup, choking out her mother while she's yes. flipping out. But a cool scene before that, you can see different gloves in his garage. Uh, his special I, I vaguely
1: remember, Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Doc discovers that Freddy's powers come from dream demons who continually revive him, and that Freddy can be killed if he is pulled into the real world. Maggie decides that she will be the one to enter Freddy's mind and pull him into the real world. This is where.
1: Now, did you see this in theaters? I did. It didn't fucking work. When she. Well, for some. Well, yeah. Like (coughs) when they had the the baseball bat with the spikes and they did like in the camera view where it looked like it was coming out at you. I remember, you know, when you put on the. When she put on her glasses, you had to put on the glasses. Nope. There you go. Are those your original glasses from the movies? What's that? Are those the original glasses? From yes, the original? they are. Nice. So here are the
0: 3D glasses, and I'm going to put... You're not going to be able to see it. I'll put it in your camera next. You can okay. see the House Party 2 coupon. Here.
1: Oh, shit. House Party 2. And the House
0: Party 2 coupon <laughs> in there. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah, they're the originals. Nice.
0: Not the ones I had, but I found them later on. That's cool, though. And uh, the DVD set came with two pairs. The uh the first D V D set, right? Yeah, the original. Yeah. 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 So uh you were supposed to put your three D glasses on when Maggie put hers on. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice the difference. But what I did like was she kinda entered his brain by doing this, and all the lightning and everything was really mm-hmm. cool. And yeah. that's where the backstory started. This is when I really became a fan of this movie, is just the backstory behind it so once in the dream world she puts on a pair of 3d glasses and enters Freddy's mind in his mind she learns that freddie was teased as a child was abused by his foster father who was alice cooper alice cooper so alice cooper had something to do with friday and nightmare yeah uh, inflected self-abuse as a teenager and murdered his wife when she discovered his murderous tendencies Freddy was given the power to become immoral by fiery demons right before he died in the fire. I want it all! Yeah. (laughs) Maggie struggles to put Freddy into the real world, but eventually succeeds. Cool scene. She's holding on and his arms are growing longer like you can't get me, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maggie and and Freddy end up in hand-to-hand combat against each other. She uses several weapons compensated from the patients at the shelter. This is when Maggie learned how to
1: act, was his last scene. But I'm sorry, why are you keeping a pipe bomb in the basement? Why didn't you hand that off well, to the, the police? Well, the
0: police were supposed to get rid of that stuff. Well, the police were supposed <laughs> to do a lot of things. That's why. They had to set that up.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, they set that up when uh, Spencer taught them how to make the pipe bomb. Ah, all right. Enraged by the knowledge of what he has done, Maggie tears off Freddy's claw glove and stabs him through the stomach with it.
1: Cool scene. He wants her to put the glove on. um, Happy Father's Day. Yeah. 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 And then he he goes, Kids. Do you say like kids? Kids. (laughs) Oh. And then the one cool scene was like his, he opens his mouth and his other head, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool scene.
0: So uh, stabs him through the stomach with it, embedding the gloves, claws into a steel support beam and leaving Freddy suspended above the ground. Tracy tosses Maggie a pipe bomb, which she throws into Freddy's chest. The three D de- three dream demons, unable to revive him in the real world, fly out of Freddy after the pipe bomb kills him. Tracy, Doc, and Maggie rejoice as as the latter triumphantly declares
1: Freddy's dead. Well, here's the thing. Why couldn't they revive him? You know, like. Apparently, only works in the dreams. But he wasn't dreaming when he made the deal with him, though. I don't know. Come on, dude. Dude, I don't fucking, <laughs> I didn't write this shit. You're, you're the Freddy aficionado. I know. Yeah. know this stuff. But they
0: entered him and then they could heal him when he died in the dreams. I don't freaking know. <laughs> I think it's a dumb fucking idea, anyway. Hmm. All right, so here we go. Lisa Zane as Useless-Ass Maggie. Who's also the sister of Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane's a better actor. He should probably <laughs> teach her. Cassandra Rachel Frail as Young Maggie Burrows. Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Toby Sexton as Teenage Freddy Krueger. Chase Schrimmer as Young Freddy Krueger. Leslie Dean as Tracy Swan. Sean Greenblatt as John Doe. Reckon Meyer as Spencer Lewis. Ricky D. Logan as Carlos Rodriguez. Yafet Koto as Doc. Lindsey Fields as Loretta Kruger. Johnny Depp as Teen on TV. Credited as as April Noodle noodle Mantra.
1: April? I got Oprah. Oprah, yeah,
0: Oprah (laughs) Noodle Mantra. What the (laughs) fuck does that even mean? Uh, Tom Arnold as Childless childless Man, Roseanne Barr as Childless Woman, Alice Cooper as Edward Underwood, Eleanor Donahue as the Orphanage Woman, and Robert
1: Shea as the Ticket Man. Did you know that um, there were Freddy Krueger novels? Yeah. Yeah, do you have any of those? Nope. Yeah, I was looking on eBay, and I was like, oh. Because actually, like, the... the they did they have novelizations uh one two and three that i was looking at and they're not that bad price but then they have like spin-off novels you know i got you development
0: the previous five installments of the elm street franchise had considerably helped the finances of new line cinema that earned a nickname the house of freddie belt but the studio also begun to develop other franchises. For example, Critters, and by 1990, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Bob Shea recalled in the Never Sleep Again documentary in 2010 that frankly it was time to move on and we had other projects we wanted to focus on. This decision was made to make the sixth entry the final film in the Elm Street series. Director Rachel Talley had produced most of the previous installments and was keen to helm the sixth film as its director. She also had a number of ideas that would help refresh the series including not calling the title Nightmare on Elm Street and incorporating more humor into this entry which she felt was lacking from the previous film. The production of Freddy's Dead coincided with the original airing of Twin Peaks, which was later acknowledged as an influence on the film with its more surreal humorous aspects. Elements of this can be seen throughout the film, including Freddy using a version of the Nintendo Power Glove to control Spencer's character, and dragging a bed of spikes to impale John Doe, and a manner reminiscence of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And I think that's where
1: they failed. Yeah, it could be. I think, like, yeah, part four was cheesy comedy, part five was a little darker tone, part six was just making fun of itself, and... And if it's the end go out that way that's fine. Yeah. You know, well yeah, but if it's the end they should go back to Dark Freddy. I mean, that's how we started. I like a darker Freddy. You know, like well, Yeah, Parker if wants-
0: if they redo it I
1: want Darker Freddy. Yeah, I think and that, and that's what we'll get. Uh I don't think. But here's the thing, horror movies nowadays uh want to be grounded in reality. Yeah, but and- here's another issue too is you got to remember
0: uh 1989, 1991, Freddie's beloved by all, including kids. So am surprised he
1: didn't have a cartoon.
0: <laughs> I am too. But thinking about that, I could see how they didn't take it back to one and continued with the trend. Yeah. Because, I mean, you see
1: the crowds of the
0: talk shows. appeal
1: to the masses. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they did. Yeah.
0: But it'll ruin a haunt and it'll ruin a horror movie. Yeah. See it all too much. All right. In the original script, 15-year-old Jacob Johnson, son of the previous installment's main character, Alice Johnson, is the major character. And many of the Dream Warriors from a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors return to in Jacob, defending Freddy after he kills Alice. I like that. It gets weird. This idea was later discarded. Peter Jackson, who wrote a screenplay that was not used, his story was about teenagers who did not see Freddy as a threat and took sleeping pills to enter Freddy's world. Jackson's script, also including a police officer, put into a comatose state to permanently be in Freddy's well. Hmm. Do they have the... One moment, please. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to... Because I read somewhere that they wanted Joey and Kikade to come back as cops like dream cops
1: mm-hmm. where they have
0: their dream warrior power okay i'm like all right that's a way to break them back but that's weird yeah john carl
1: Bushler was the chief special makeup I'm artist let me give the- a quick edit his last name is hard to pronounce it's Beekler. if you can get it out of there. the only reason i know that is because he was the makeup effects and director for uh Frank 13 part 7
0: Oh, John Carl Beekler was the (laughs) chief special makeup artist for the film, returning to the series after serving the same role in A Nightmare on Elm Street for The Dream Master. He also contributed to film's 3D Freddy Vision climax. The last 10 minutes of the film were in 3D, kind of. To cue the audience to put on their 3D glasses, Maggie is seen to put on her 3D glasses of the film. The effect was eliminated for VHS, Blu-ray, and television releases with the exception of the U.K. and French rental version and the U.S. Laserdisc version. The DVD box set released in 1999 reinstated the 3D effect and included two pairs of 3D glasses. Rachel Talley reveals that while the film was being processed in 3D, the lab developing the print accidentally set them a two-second clip from the then-unreleased Terminator 2 Judgment Day.
1: So if we get a definitive Freddy box set which i'm hoping they put one out for the 40th anniversary they should put it back in with the blu-ray well the the
0: dvd has the option to even use it or not use it
1: right you know but for me being a completist i would like to have that in my collection you know Yep. through 32 pairs of the shitty 3d
0: glasses in there yeah (laughs) all right Editing. Unlike its predecessor, there was relatively little editing of violent sequences as mandated by the MPAA. Rachel Talley noted that the original cut of the film was long, and as a result, several sequences were either removed or significantly shorted. A total of around 47 minutes of footage was removed from the final print of the film. Wow. (sighs) So that movie would have been like two and a half hours. Hmm. Again, sorry guys, head cold. It's finally going away. The work print for Freddy's Dead is available online and includes much of the deleted material. This includes Maggie discussing her nightmares with her mother, more dialogue between Doc and Tracy, additional footage of the Springwood Fair, and the discovery of Freddy's basement layer. Why did you cut the basement layer out? Yeah. Rachel Talley suggested that the reason the footage was removed was so audiences could get to Freddy quicker. Some of the more disturbing elements of John's first nightmare were also trimmed down. This was my favorite story marketing as a publicity stunt for Freddy's for both Freddy's Dead and the comic storylines that were being released around the film's cinematic release? New Line Cinema held a mock funeral for Freddy Krueger at Holly Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, including attendants from the film series such as Alice Cooper, Leslie Dean, Sean Goldblatt, Ricky D. Logan, Breckenmeyer, Toby Sexton, Lisa Zane, Lisa Wilcox. Witt Hertford, Andy Mangels, and Rachel Talay were among others present. On encouragement by New Line Cinema, the Los Angeles mayor at the time, Tom Bradley, declared September 13th to be Freddy Krueger Day this move was highly criticized for glorifying a mass murderer. It's a fucking character <laughs> with Robert Englund added that we have to yeah, separate crime reality from movies.
1: It's not like they're saying it's, uh, it's fucking Richard,
0: Ramirez, Richard day. Ramirez day here in L.A. <laughs> you fucking you fucking California. Every, everyone's got to bitch about something. If it doesn't have to do with you or it doesn't affect your life, shut the fuck up. That's mm. all we need. That's all we need. Just people to shut the fuck up. We, we should do that like they do on the podcast with two heads, the shit that pisses us off. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'd have four-hour episodes. <laughs> All right, box office. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare made $12.9 in its opening weekend, which was the highest opening weekend of the series until the release of Freddy vs. Jason, and the biggest September opening at the time. Ranking number mm. one at the box office in its second weekend, it made 6.6 and remained in the top spot before falling to number seven in the third weekend. After its initial run, the film grossed $34.9 million in the U.S. and Canada,
1: mm.
0: making it the fifth highest-grossing film in the series. Uh, other media. Comic books. Innovation Publishing published a three-issue comic at the adaptation of the film, an alternate version of the third issue was published in 3D to recreate the effect used in the film. The series was also published in trade paperback format. Innovation followed the adaptation with A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Beginning, which served as a direct sequel to Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. In the sequel, Maggie Burroughs continues to have nightmares of her father, Freddy Krueger. Burroughs travels back to Springwood with Tracy, another survivor from the film, to research Freddy's life leading up to his death at the hands of the Springwood parents. Only the first two issues of the series were released before Innovation Publishing declared Mm. bankruptcy. The third issue went unpublished, and the story remains incomplete. Series writer Andy Mangles made the original script for the third issue available on his
1: website. Imagine if they just had a couple pages of that laying around like that's almost like I wouldn't consider it like a a holy grail but to the right person they would pay a pretty penny for that it makes you think like all the cutting room floors of how
0: much shit just got swept into a bin because editors were just like "All right, we're cutting it let's go Yeah, like shit that we would want to say now I'm sure Uh, now with digital I'm sure it doesn't happen because you always have whatever you film yeah yeah
1: well, it's like uh, Friday the 13th Part 7. It was massively edited because the MPAA said it was too much, and unfortunately, we'll never get those scenes because they were lost in a fire. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy.
0: All right, ten trivia points. I think I actually only have nine. There wasn't a lot with this one. First film in the series to not include the little girl's jumping rope. Mm, interesting. Peter Jackson's original screenplay for Freddy's Dead. We saw that. On September 12, ninety one, a day before the US release, Los Angeles declared a Freddy Krueger
1: Day. I like number two, um, that F- Peter Jackson's screenplay had an aging Freddy. But well, we talked about weak. that in the yeah, in the uh one of the sections up top. Oh, uh, I guess they kind of used that element for Freddy versus Jason. Not so much that he was aging, but he was weak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. John Doe was supposed to be Jacob from the previous film. It was made vague when they couldn't secure the return of Lisa Wilcox. In earlier versions of the script, Freddy absorbed the entire town of Springwood into the dream world before moving on to the next town with the dream police chasing him. (laughs) Oh, corny. Uh, Here's where we... That's what I saw. Okay. A 16 year old Jacob Johnson, the son that was born to Alice Johnson in the previous installment, Dream Child, was a major character in the original script written for the movie by Michael Almiradia. In this first draft of the film, Alice, now in her 30s, was killed by Freddy. Taryn, Joey, and Kincaid from Nightmare 3 also returned as the Dream Police. What about Will, though? Poor Will. Fuck Will. (laughs) I'm the Wizard Master. I'll take boing, 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 boing all day over. I'm the (laughs) wizard master. He just wants to play
1: Dungeons and Dragons. Go
0: play it. I don't need to hear (laughs) fucking. All right. So in the script, Taryn was the blade cop. Joey was the sound cop. And Kikade was the power cop. Now I'm kind of glad they went the way they did. Yeah. Director Rachel Talley has stated that she greatly disliked that script. And then the replacement script by Michael DeLucas saved the day. DeLucas said that he was surprised he wasn't asked to write the screenplay in the first place, as he had done a similar last-minute rewrite on Dream Child. Well, you put a fucking castle in it, so that's probably why. Uh, When shown theatrically, audience members were given... One pair of red cardboard 3D glasses with the movie taglines printed on it. The inside arms had adhesives for attaching the standard glasses. An advertisement for House Party 2 was printed on the outside of one arm. Yes, it was. When Freddie punches Tracy in the face during their fight, Robert Englund really punched Leslie Dean. And she was instantly taken to the hospital. Because mm. he punched her with the fucking glove. Uh, okay. So, in, like, instant blood. She mm. was all right. She said she was laughing it off. Uh, when Maggie goes to speak with her mother, she enters the house and screams "Mother!" and slams the door behind her. This is exactly the way Nancy yeah. did it in Nightmare One. Pretty cool. Yeah. And now that I saw that, I yeah. All right, my last one and the last portion of the movie, from which point Maggie puts on the special glasses to the time at which she takes them off, was originally filmed entirely in three D effect was removed for most things. Oh, we already went over that. Oh, yeah. So UK capped it, America didn't until the what dude the movie. frick UK.
1: Why do they get it over us? Especially a Blu-ray. It probably looks yeah. like total shit in Blu-ray though with the yeah. 3a I mean, come on. Poor UK, they don't get any horror movies, but they let them have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is Freddy's Dead: The Final <laughs> Nightmare but it wouldn't be the final nightmare because two years later, two or three years later, we would get new nightmare, right? The 10th anniversary of one. So 1994. Okay. All right. Now that was a good fucking movie. Yes. Very good. And I remember seeing that in the theaters and I was confused at first in some scenes. Like I'm still confused. Like, the the Freddy that was killing him, that was more of the demon like it's not the actual Freddy Krueger it's a demon. It's uh, Freddy Krueger became a story that became alive because
0: of the story. Okay, it, it, it's hard to explain. Like Freddy became the story of Freddy inhabited a demon that they had to tell the story to kill the demon.
1: Right is right. basically where they're getting at. Yeah. Um and it was kind of cool because you got to see Wes and Robert like in their real life and yep. you kind of wondered is that how they are in real life? Is Robert a painter? Does he have like a whole gallery? <laughs>
0: Actually, I think Robert does paint.
1: Does he really? I remember what? seeing
0: something on his website. That's cool. I mean, I haven't been able to talk to him because he keeps avoiding me and uh <laughs> Damn you, Robert. Come on, Robbie. Let's go. Bob. <laughs> Bob England. Me and you, man. You know, I'm really jealous. A friend of mine was at Monster Mania one year, and uh, he was just sitting at the bar, and uh, fucking he looked over to the right, and Robert came down and had a drink next to him. Oh, wow. He's like, dude, moment? the cops would be called. Like, I, I think I would freeze. I'd offer him a drink definitely like say i bought robert england drink but the dudes dealt with that shit all fucking day but i know i gotta be that asshole because i it's just it's 40 years now you know what i mean like i'd have to say something if it was anyone else i'd probably leave him alone right because you know you people all day this man dealt with that shit yeah yeah so i'd feel bad doing it but i would
1: have to do it does he have kids do you know
0: You know, I never bothered to look.
1: Yeah, because you know, like that would be a good story in itself. What it's like to be like an icon, like a horror icons child. Let's you see. Know? quick little
0: does Robert would have kids?
1: Uh... Oh, not Freddy Krueger. <clears throat> He, well, he had a daughter, you know, Lisa Zane. Oh, all right. I guess Wikipedia is the only way to
0: find out because they usually have. No, just married.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. He's going to be
0: 76 this year. Yeah, I know. I'm going (laughs) to fucking cry. I got to get there. I got to just suck it up.
1: Well, maybe you could always just mail something in and have him autograph it for you. Yeah, but I got to talk to him. It's just. What I would you say? Would... Hi. Right. Have you ever messaged him on his website? Yeah, I never got yeah. back. No. Never got back to me. Well, one day maybe
0: he will. Yeah, he'll come on the Horror Shed when we got like 4 million subscribers. Yeah.
1: He do- I don't think he does any podcasts. I've never seen him. Nah, he I just
0: mean. does like news installations here and there. Yeah. Probably going to start his own fucking podcast. Everyone else's. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good job on. Oh, yeah. We did it. The
1: not final nightmare. <laughs>
0: the not final nightmare. But at least we go in the a really good one and then one that I like and you hate. So we'll and be, then we're we'll not be doing there. The,
1: we're not doing the reboot, right? There's no reboot. <laughs> So it was like the Mandela effect. Yeah, that 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 was in your head in 2010. That
0: that didn't really happen. It, it's, now, did you see that in theaters?
1: I don't know if I did. I
0: fucking did, and I Man. it was almost the first movie I ever walked out of.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. Um,
0: it it was the point where in they're kind of like hinting towards maybe Freddy was innocent. Okay. And I'm like, I'm fucking done. You're ruining this whole fucking thing for me. Fuck you! Well, I kind of liked.
1: I kind of like that aspect. Like he was an innocent man. Innocent twice. man, come on! And that's why he's killing people because he wants his revenge. Like uh, I did. Uh, I did like that. I didn't like the fact that they turned him into a pedophile. I mean, in the first one, he was just a killer. And the killers worse. It
0: really is. Like yeah. I, I, I have children. I'd rather them touched and alive
1: rather than dead. I mean. Now, did you like Jackie O'Haley as a non like Freddy Krueger like in the? He was he okay, was... but they gave him shit to say
0: that didn't work. He had to push too hard to make the stupid writing work,
1: and the face was fucking. Ter- he looked like a rat. He did. Now, if it looked more like the Freddy we know, would you have said it was a little bit better? No, because no. I still
0: hated Nancy. I wasn't a big fan of Glenn, if that was even his name in the show.
1: Oh, oh, her boyfriend. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: They're all emo yeah. kids. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, Freddie isn't against emo kids. Freddie loves emo kids. People love this because they're going to Freddie went after the rich kids. That's the yeah. point of Freddie. That's why Freddie was so successful. All the
1: outcasts can watch Ken and Barbie get mutilated.
0: <laughs> That's why it worked.
1: I did like like when the kid was on the you know he fell asleep on the swim team and you saw how like the town tracked Freddie down and like that was cool because you really didn't get to see that as much in the original saga. Yeah, and you know? then
0: they went a hundred percent CGI, which ruins everything. Yeah, Especially... like in Dead, you
1: just in Freddy's said you just see like the shadows of the pitch the pitchforks and the torches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey Clancy Brown is the evil sheriff.
0: It's just uh oh, they, they 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 Fuck you, Michael Bay. That's all I got to say.
1: <laughs> and Platinum Dunes. <laughs> hey, you never know, maybe Blumhouse will reboot the franchise and save it.
0: <laughs> I don't want Blumhouse near it. Right now I don't want A24 near it. I don't want really anyone near it. <laughs> well, New Line's
1: dissolved now, right? <laughs> Yeah, new lines dissolved. It's yeah. Paramount owns them, right? Yeah, Paramount. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really up to the West Craven estate if we get a new one. And uh And that's good
0: because so. I'm glad they're holding it to the chest. I I yeah. I'm glad they're not just selling it to make that dime. And right. they're, they're really they're waiting for the real story. And you know, there 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 will be something else. There there
1: has to be. I just hope they don't do well. We're gonna make another one, but it's gonna take place after the first one with and everything.
0: Oh, a little Halloween fucking Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: the new thing, you know. They did it with Halloween, they tried to do it with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Who knows? You know, Nancy's like a dream Rambo. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man, but uh, oh, Ashley Pagey says lurk. How you doing, girl? But uh, yeah, this has been, uh, Freddy's dead. Uh, like I said, some people love it, some people hate it. It's one of my favorite because it's goofy as shit and it has a cool backstory. Could have did without least Leslie Zane the whole fucking movie. Go going- home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the tides turn with new nightmare i didn't think i would like new nightmare when it first saw the preview Mm because it wasn't my freddy but like the freddy in the trench coat like when he was in that trench coat oh yeah but i mean that was not hashtag not my freddy but i fucking love that movie well wouldn't hashtag not my freddy be the reboot No, because it's a whole different makeup design for this guy oh okay no no hashtag that movie doesn't fucking exist is the reboot (laughs) That's my That's a long hashtag but that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, so All right, sir. It's been real. Uh make sure you guys subscribe. Still working on that giveaway. Maybe we'll hit 80 soon. We had a nice jump last week.
1: Yeah, we did. But now, a hell of a uh, week. Once we get to 100, for those of you that, you know, we have your information on file on YouTube, you'll get a free can of mother uh Hub- mother hubber. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ma, Ma, well, Ma Hubbard's can of slop. Can of slop. Signed of slop. by, signed by uh, Ron Milky. Yeah, Ron, I am all over the place. Ron Sloan as Junior Hubbard and Carol Locatel as Ma Hubbard.
0: Guys, just so you know, Brian Ebenheiser is getting old and now he goes to bed at old. like seven.
1: So <laughs> we're, we have him way up past his bedtime right now. Yes, yes. You're an hour past eight, man. Waking up, as you know. Crack of, not even a crack of dawn, it's still dark when I get up.
0: Yeah, man, I feel you. I mean, the chickens aren't
1: even crowing when I get into work. I don't have fucking chickens, but okay. <laughs> oh, Speaking of which, I had to close the shop by myself for the first time tonight. How'd they go? So, pretty good. The only thing was I felt my gate button wasn't working and because we have electronic gate, you know? And ah. I had to click it a couple of times, and it finally did, but it's like, God forbid if there was a mass murderer chasing after me, I got to hit that button like... 50 feet before I get to it because that's how slow it closes. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, guys, thanks for stopping by. It's Monday, so enjoy, and we will see you next Monday. Goodbye. How we 365 productions.